What's up, everyone? This is Rajan. Uh, real quick disclaimer before we get into this podcast episode. Um, I'm not publishing it till Wednesday evening, despite the fact that Pat and I recorded this on Monday evening. Uh, I'm dropping it that late just because I got lazy in, in the editing process. So a couple of quick disclaimers, as I mentioned. Uh, number one, when we talk in this episode, it's not going to be inclusive of the news that the Washington football team is going to finally end their name as the Washington football team and announce their new name on February 2nd. So you're going to hear a conversation about Pat and I towards the end of the episode talking about how we speculated, correctly so, that Washington would do something to hijack Super Bowl week and decide to drop their new name then. And also, we talk a little bit about the offseason and some of the key signings or key players we need to re-sign. And that news obviously is not inclusive of uh, left tackle Charles Leno extending uh, his contract with the Washington football team today. So just wanted to put that out there before we get into the podcast episode. But enough of me rambling, on to the pod. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Pat and Rajan coming to you with the first podcast of 2022. So happy new year to everyone listening. And uh, I wish we were dropping this podcast episode under far different circumstances instead of discussing the Washington football team losing to the Philadelphia Eagles by a final score of 20 to 16, meaning not only has Washington lost its fourth straight game, but we've also now gotten swept by two different NFC East opponents. So that's awesome. Um, and to that end, Pat, as we were just discussing moments ago, um, a lot of the podcast outline for this particular episode discussed what happened in this particular game. But as a whole, it just feels like this is yet another one of those instances in which with this team, the more you get that glimmer of hope that things may have changed or things may be turning the corner or whatever, the more you get that cold slap of reality or the reality check slap across the face that they remain exactly the same as always. Yeah. The only caveat I'll give to that is, and this is me just, I guess, searching for a glass half full angle. And trust me, I've been searching for a while. Uh, we were in position to make the playoffs, obviously. And then the, the season unraveled with COVID. I mean, we hit, got hit harder with COVID than anybody, I think, in the league. Uh, and then you had the tragedies, right? So you had, uh, you know, Everett. I, I still don't really know what happened there. I don't know if he was drunk. They, they've been pretty quiet about the actual story. They have. Um, but he was with a lot of guys. Like, Jamin Davis was right behind him. Um, and then Sweat's brother. Like, the whole the whole thing uh, kind of came apart and came apart quickly. Um, but you're right. It's like, same, New Year, same shit. We... And I think it, it all comes back to the sim- simple thing that we've been harping on since, you know, uh, forever, whenever we started this podcast. And even before that, the only thing that matters in the NFL is a quarterback, and we just don't have one. And yeah. as long as that's the case, we're going to be falling into these six and 10, seven and nine, eight and eight, if we're lucky uh, years. I mean, we haven't had a winning year since 2016 when we went eight, seven and one with Kirk. And the year before that, we went, I think, nine and seven and made the playoffs. The point is though, like until we have a quarterback, we're, we're going to be doing these podcasts in January. We're like, okay, it's draft season. Even though the NFL regular season is still going on, it's going to keep happening and we're going to continue to lose. And I don't like, I don't want to hear people say, I want to build this thing the right way. There is only one way to build a team in the NFL. and You have to have a quarterback to do it. So I I've gotten into it with a lot of people lately and I've posted some snarky things from the account where everyone's like, 
Oh well, you should. You, just ha- draft you have one. been snarky from the account. I yes, uh, it, like you should just draft one. I'm like, oh, it's just that simple, right? I mean, clearly, it's just so draft, simple to I go would draft seven quarterbacks. Go way. draft one, right? And and uh, and that worked out. And the people were like, well, why didn't we draft Joe Burrow last year? And I'm like, do you not remember we had Dwayne Haskins and we were all trying to convince ourselves that that was going to work? Uh, do we, do we just not remember that? And they're like, oh, we should just draft a quarterback. I'm like, you did draft a quarterback two years ago. His name is Dwayne Haskins. You just forgot about that already. We just assumed. Like, well, ask, why you should draft a quarterback every year. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you that case, although I will disagree with you in the case of you should not draft a quarterback this year because ain't none of them going to pan out to be anything. We but, hardly we, – we big time disagree here. Uh, yes, I, I will. I will. I will strongly st- stand on that table. I'm like, I don't like any one of these guys. Anyone now? I have to probably do more digging, but I am worried very significantly about me trying to convince myself that any of these guys are good because I just don't. I, I don't see it. I don't it think that matters it. though. It, it, so there, I will no, agree with no you. Quarter, that. No quarterbacks going to come here. The only way we're getting one is if we draft one. That I agree with. I mean, show, I mean, we got. There's a guy that has. 25 allegations of sexual assault against them. And he's and he publicly said here. he doesn't want to come to Washington, D.C. Yeah, he won't come. Even here. he doesn't want us. Yeah. And he can't even play football right now. So, I mean, like, look, I think the Heineke story was, was great. He, he bought, you know, he made himself millions of dollars. He, uh, he'll he be in the NFL for a long time. He'll probably, be, he'll probably be our backup next year. I think one of the reasons I, I think Ron said he starts next week is I don't think Allen's on our team next year. Uh, and I think Ron knows that, so they're just going to roll with Key. Uh, but, like, you see, look at this little four-game losing streak. Dallas ate him up. And then yesterday we were up, I think, 10 nothing for the second, 10 nothing. second consecutive game against the Eagles where we, you know, defense made a stop early. We, we scored a touchdown uh, to go up 10-0. But the more tape that Heineke showed, the more teams – I mean, it happens with everyone in the NFL, right? More you hit, more more on tape, you get exploited. And the, I mean, I don't remember a throw in the second half, other than the pick he threw at the very end, where he threw the ball more than five yards. I mean, McLaurin, who's a great route runner, can stretch the field, et cetera, finally had seven catches, but they're all, he only averaged like eight yards a catch. McLaurin, so like, McLaurin consistently gets shat on among the intelligentsia using that term very tongue-in-cheek of the media and i'm like god if only that guy had a quarterback that guy has to have among the worst quarterback track record and which is why we need to get a quarterback now because if we don't he's gonna walk yeah i don't know or or we're gonna get stuck in some dumbass franchise tag thing again and he'll walk in two years anyway we're really good at those the dumbass franchise we're, we're terrific at it yeah we're gonna lose sheriff because yes exactly so that. stupid Quickly recapping about the game. You t- talked about the fact we were up. It was that stupid deja vu feeling where we went up 10 nothing exactly the same way. And then, of and course, that the bottom- first drive, that first drive was maybe our best drive of the entire year. Yeah, but even then, so the thing was, we, we I'm extremely skeptical because there have been countless games, and, and I'm not even talking about Washington games or games that Washington's played against people, where like the opponent, like one team comes out like gangbusters in the first drive and then you never see that team again, right? Like I, I, I've gotten to the point with the first 15 plays of the game because they're scripted. I don't even care about them anymore. I'm like, I don't care if you look like, you know, the equivalent of the 92 bulls in the first 15 game, first 15 plays of the game. Like, I don't really care. Like it's, that's, 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 that's nice. Maybe you get a touchdown. Maybe you get two out of it, but 
there's so much more football left to be played that I stopped worrying about it, even whether it's in Washington's favor or the op- opponent's favor. Uh, and the thing to that point that I got really scared about was that just like in the first game, the Eagles were walking the ball up and down the field. Like, yeah, I think they have a turnover on downs or yeah. Like, you know, they turned over the ball against us in the first game and they had turnover on downs on this time, but I'm like, they move, they, they show very clearly that look, they could move the ball. They've been doing that. They actually, been, they've been doing that to a lot of teams. Their, their running game is strong. Yeah. I'm still very, very reluctant to say anything nice about the Eagles. Um, I'm just going to leave say, it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I mean, they, I, I don't particularly like them, but they just ran up and down our throat two consecutive two weeks. I hate how we played them back, almost back. Then the Cowboys is like, it's like a, I don't know when we play them, when we play them, like it's all a mirage to me right now with these two teams. But our defensive line actually played pretty well. If you go look at the stats, they, the Eagles actually did struggle to run the ball with their running backs. Uh, it was all the damn handling of Hurts, like whether he's keeping the ball, whether he was moving around in the pocket because we couldn't get to him and scrambling around. Like he's the one that burned us. And it, I know, I don't think, I don't think you're particularly a big fan of his. Uh, I can't remember if you are. Yeah, I'm not. But I was impressed. Uh, I mean, he's really his first year as a starter. He's got them in the playoffs. They're gonna, they're gonna have a re- winning record. Kudos to their coaching staff for putting him in a position to like utilize some of the zone read stuff they do. Uh, but like, we're, the, I mean, we might as well be the Giants. Yes, that's exactly what we like, are. Except we're worse because we have a worse off the field situation. Yeah. And we have a stadium where the, the railings are falling off. Literally, the railings are falling off. Um, dude, that would have been bad if Hurts got hurt. Yeah. I want to know. I actually am like very curious what would have happened. Like with the NFL, like what would they even do? I don't know. They would find a way to find to find Dan another ten million. Yeah, or they would find a way to kind of excuse him for it, knowing the way they are. Um, I, I want to jump into the defense a little bit because you're probably a bit more bullish on the defensive line, and they probably I'm probably just viewing everything through the, well. through the glasses of like I hate everything right now and we can't stop anyone. But like, listen, at the end of the day, Washington only forced two punts in that game, and I know the Eagles' offense is hot right now. I know they're running the ball. They only scored twenty points. Yeah, but basically we couldn't stop them. And the thing was, it's like, it's not like, okay, like they have this electric offense or anything like that. Like the thing that was more frustrating to watch them is like their entire offense, as you mentioned, it was a lot of RPO stuff to Jalen Hurts, or it was a lot of these stupid dump off passes to Boston Scott. Like he tore us up in the first half on the underneath stuff. And then like, I, the thing that I always scream about now, it's very easy to armchair quarterback, all of this, but you knew the Eagles run a huge portion of their offense through Dallas Goddard. And to be clear, I hate Goddard. he's great. He's such a good tight end. I said it before the season. One of the few things I've, I'm right about that, like this guy is great. He's so incredibly good. I knew he was going to replace Zach Ertz. It was just a matter of time. Why don't, why, again, it's very easy to pontificate in the comfort of my, you know, podcast chair or whatever. Right. But it's like, why didn't they figure out a way to be like, you can throw the ball to literally anybody else on the offense except Goddard. Figure it away. Stop him and throw it to whoever else because they don't have anybody else besides Devontae Smith, and he's a rookie right now. And the thing is that, like, watching him gash us time after time after time after again, time after time after time again, it just is indicative of, like, what the fuck are we doing out there? Like, well, I think so. If you look at, if you look at, like, my board of needs right now, Number one is quarterback. Number two is scientary at all costs. 
Number three to me, that was linebacker. Goddard was able to eat this up because if Curl wasn't on him, he was going to torch whoever was around him. The few times we did disrupt him was when Curl was jamming him at the line. Uh, but, like, any time we had a linebacker on him, like, he was matched up a few times with Mayo, who might be the slowest linebacker in the NFL. God, he's and they torched, us be- they, they torched us because of it. Um, like, the fact that we drafted Jamie Davis in the first round and he's not playing over Mayo is a problem. And what happens is we have – I mean, we've been torched by tight ends for yeah for 40 years now. Yeah. But then you get a talented one like Goddard, and they really crush us. Um, so, I mean, I'm not surprised. He, he actually didn't burn us as much as he did in the first game. First game, he, first game, he had like 150 yards. Yeah, he massacred us. I just don't understand. I mean, I, I can't believe I'm inciting someone's name like this when I'm relating to a Washington podcast. But, like, the famous MO of Bill Belichick is like, he's going to take away your primary weapon. He's going to make you play quote unquote left-handed, right? It is very evident that the Eagles, when they throw the ball, they only have one guy they're throwing the ball to it's Goddard. And especially against us. And you made no adjustment to that. You didn't do anything. You're like, look, teams will be like, I will give you all the underneath shit. I will give it to you. Like you can throw the ball all damn day to Jalen Raker who can't catch a cold if his life depended on it. But you're not going to throw the ball to this guy. We can't expect Cam Curl, who is awesome, who is a top 10 safety in the NFL, but we can't expect him to be the be-all, end-all in terms of stopping Goddard. Like, it's just ridiculous. I, I It's just well, so that's frustrating. The that's the problem. It's a, I, like, I think even the moments we tried, I think the talent discrepancy was so large it didn't matter. It also doesn't help that Hurts had all day to throw the football. Yeah. Literally all day. Because I mean, we have yeah. no edge rushers. By the way, does it? Am I the only one who felt like it would have been really nice to have like a Ryan Kerrigan type of player in this type of game? I Just mean, kind of putting that out there, especially given let, the circumstances. We shouldn't, let, we shouldn't have let Kerrigan go anyway. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, we had Tony out there. We had William Bradley King out there. We had Casey Tool. Uh, who? Casey Tool. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's terrible. And he's like an all they guy. did, it. it the Eagles are unique, a little unique here because they have Kelsey playing center. So they were able to take Allen and Payne and double one of them and leave Kelsey one-on-one with either of them. And what happens there is it kind of limited our interior rush. Now, I, Allen and Payne are both great. Uh, I don't care about the punch literally at all. I think they're just pissed because we're getting rocked on national television. And they've played together for nine years. They know each other really well. The punch to me was such a – non-story that became a story you want to see a story go watch ramsey punch a teammate middle game in a huddle that's a story yeah uh but like i just like look we got to the most important part of our schedule which by the way i hope i pray we never have to end the year with five consecutive uh division games again because this was a terrible 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 way to the hear. NFL, I've I've heard different people say that this was a beta test or an experiment by the NFL to see if they should do this with other teams and other like um, other divisions. Really, this really is awful. Me. This is trash. Yeah, I mean, I can't even remember what the, the Eagles games literally blending together in my mind right now. The Dallas games don't because they just whooped their ass twice. Uh, I don't care that we lost the first one by seven points. They whooped their ass in that game too. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, but like they were able to take away our interior rush. We had no, we had no. Uh, I mean, without Sweat and without Young, we just had no one out there that could get to the get to the quarterback. And what happens is you have Goddard against Mayo, uh, and or or Davis or whomever, and he just torched him. Um, 
the only player on the defense that like actually kind of showed up a little bit was Holcomb, who has low key turned into a very good linebacker. Uh, ever since Bostic went out, he's like really stepped up his game. Uh, and I think our secondary was okay, but like if you can't get to the quarterback, well. yeah, if you can't get to the quarterback and they have a guy named Goddard running around, like you're, you're going to get torched. I mean, the play, the the microcosm of the game was just third and fourteen. We had them shut down, and then Hertz had all day, and then finally broke contain and and hit some wide receiver. I forget who he hit. Uh, oh, Greg Ward. Yeah, for like sixteen yards for a first yes. down inside inside the ten. Yeah, that, that's the I mean, that's that's the difference in the game. There's so many different I mean, directions, directions I want to go with that, but the main thing is, I, I wrote this in the notes, and I and I felt this for quite some time now, and I, we've alluded to this in different parts of the season. But it just feels like our entire thing is like, okay, we've assembled a bunch of talent. We've assembled a bunch of dudes. Let's just hope for the best. There's nothing we do from a schematic standpoint. Like think of how long it took for us to do two things. One, to put Cam Curl back in the starting lineup, which was the most obvious move that we should have made from day one. I mean, Curl was arguably our best defender last year, and and he sat for the first like five games. And then number two, to officially move Landon Collins to the linebacker position, which totally changed the complexion of our defense. How long it took for us to make those two basic adjustments when any idiot with a podcast like us could have seen that from day one, but Jack Del Rio didn't. And again, the entire season's been just, okay, well, we have these dudes and, oh, if we don't have enough dudes and we can't, really, can't go out there and can, Maga Jack can't go out and compete. And I, you know, I'm not big on, I've never been big on calling for everybody's head or calling for, you know, heads to roll after every single loss or overreacting of all of that and blow everything up or burn it all to the ground. But I've said it before the season that I think a change of defensive coordinator is more than warranted. We are clearly doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And that's the definition of insanity. I don't think, and I, I continue to look back at the difference. I know Dallas added dudes, I'm not going to anoint Micah Parsons as, as, as Lawrence Taylor, as, the, as all the other media is doing. It's patently ridiculous. Um, just let's not forget we were doing the same thing with Chase Young last year. And I know the Parsons versus Young conversation is a hot one. But um, if you get somebody who knows what the hell they're doing with the players that they have or has an actual idea versus let's just collect dudes and hope for the best, um, it can make a big difference. And I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would be very – Hopefully I don't think I don't think either coordinator is going anywhere. I don't think so either. I but I, Turner, not to like switch coordinators here on you, but Turner has lost some lust in my world too. I I know I he's kind of hard to figure out because he's played with or he's had to call games with. There's uh, a lot of chicken and egg with with Haskins, Scott Smith, Heineke, Allen, uh, Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Like he's. He's handicapped. You know, he's he's calling plays with one hand tied behind his back. But at the same time, like, when he first came in, one of the things he did, he, he does it really well now, but one of the things I was really excited about was how much motion we have. And I still really like that. But I don't think we've evolved at all offensively. And then there was a play yesterday in the second half where we tried to – it was a play-action fake reverse screen to I think Bates or somebody. Uh, oh no, to the backup, 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 backup tight end or uh, running back who I don't even remember his name. Smallwood uh, or Jonathan Williams. Williams, Jonathan yeah. Williams. Uh, and it was just such a stupid play call. And it's I I, so I 
often wonder if a lot of it's window dressing because he knows that like, hey, I, I don't have a quarterback who can stretch the field, so I need to just figure out ways to create space. Uh, but uh, he's – I mean, I think he'll be back. I'm, I would like to see him with a full offense with a quarterback who can actually get the ball more than 10 yards down the field because like Cam Sims is a little bit of a player. Like he's open 10, 15 yards down the field all the time. It's just a matter Sims of, has earned Heineke, a role on this roster. Yeah, can, can Heineke get in the ball? Like, plus – you know, obviously with Logan Thomas out, but that's the thing is like when Thomas goes out and McKissick goes out, our offense just disappears. Uh, and even Heineke can make our offense work with those two, but you took them out and like nothing in our offense changed. It was the same plays with less talented dudes. And we just got, we're, we're stuck in reverse. Heineke had like 20 yards passing before the uh, two minute drill at the end of the fourth quarter uh, in the second half total. Um, so I think both our coordinators are a bit of a problem. I also don't think they'll go anywhere. Uh, my hope with Del Rio is if he stays, that'll help Jamin. I'm not ready to yeah. call Davis a bust yet. No, I'm definitely like, not. I'm definitely I know not. You, I know you're not. I'm close. Uh, most because like drafting a project in the first round is tough to start with. But when you get to through the whole year and you're like, all right, you got a dude named Mayo a white linebacker called Mayo <laughs> playing over you. That's a problem. I think that's, I don't, I think that's more indicative of the coaching staff, not knowing how to use, but he needs to be, he needs to be a weak side linebacker. How Tell to use not Davis. To think, not to think and just run sideline to sideline. That's his strength. I don't think that it's been developed properly. I am. I'm still going to, uh, I'm still, I've, I've said this a thousand times. And I'll say a thousand more. You're looking at a mountain bigger learning curve. You're looking, we knew he was a project and, it is way, way, way too early to make any particular decision on him. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not calling him a bust. And I don't like, think the coaching staff did him any favors from the guy. Uh, sure. But at the same time, he's not, I mean, he, from the, for it, this year alone, the, from the perspective of this year alone, where some people were like, maybe this guy wins defensive rookie year. Like he's been bad from the armchair. Waste, he's been, he's a waste of a pick right now. The armchair quarterback in me, We'll continue to say, why didn't if you're going to go linebacker, you should have taken Jeremiah Usakorboa. It's clearly proven in this league that size is becoming less and less of an issue as long as you can play and you have the instincts, especially like given the fact that teams are basically playing a nickel right off the bat. They're like, oh, well, Usakorboa is too small. Really? He seems to be fine in Cleveland. He seems to be one of the best young linebackers I mean, our, in the game already. Holcomb's not that big. He's our best linebacker. You can make an argument that. Collins is our best linebacker. He's no bigger than Levante David, um, who's the Deion Jones in in Atlanta. Like those, that type of linebacker. He's the same size, and we're just overthinking this. And that's one of the things that frustrated me enormously. And also frustrated me, I know we drafted Sam Cosme in the second round, but it frustrated me that I would have loved to see that if you're going to take Davis, take Owusu-Kormo as well. Why not double down on the position and turn into a strength? Get more dudes. That's why you draft seven quarterbacks. I've heard that in your... And it's becoming less and less of a ridiculous concept because, as you've said, if we don't have a quarterback, then you don't have anything, right? Nothing matters in the league if you don't have a quarterback. It doesn't. And so you've heard me pontificate and others have heard me pontificate about this topic. But it's like the thing that going back to one of the comments you made about Heineke. So I will vehemently say that Heineke – I don't know what, whatever game he came back from after COVID. I can't remember if it's the Dallas game or this game or no, it wasn't this game. I think it was the Dallas game. Yeah. The most recent Dallas game, the, the beat down or whatever. 
I still don't think Heineke was healthy whatsoever, right? Like I think for the portions of like the, the really bad part of the losing streak and before the winning streak. And then right when he came back after COVID that he wasn't healthy. Okay, fine. But I think the bigger question, as we've said all season is that Heineke's not someone who can get through a 16 game season. Like he's just not big enough. He's not durable enough. And with where I'm going with all of this again, is that with quarterback, you need a dude, you need a physical freak of nature athlete who can take the pounding, who can play all 16 games, who can change the game with his arm and with his feet, that's where we are in the NFL today. You know, I mean, again, I don't like Jalen Hurts, but you have to acknowledge the fact of what he's been able to do as a dual threat quarterback and the best quarterbacks in the game right now. I mean, look at what Kyler Murray is doing right now in, in, um, in, in Arizona. I mean, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, Patrick Mahomes can change a game with his feet. I'm missing somebody else from the Pro Bowl rosters right now. I mean, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, so that's different. But even Aaron Rodgers is still able to do what he is with because of his mobility Rogers. in the pocket, right? Rodgers is is the best pure thrower in the NFL history. Josh I'm Allen. Best, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in history. That's Brady by, you know, obviously a mile. Uh, but I think the best pure thrower of all time is Rodgers. I mean, he spins the football like no one's business. It's just, that's the era that we're entering with the quarterback position. Like you need a guy, Joe yeah. Burrow. He's putting up 400, sick. 500 yards a game, right? But the dude's an athlete. He is a really good athlete. People tend to overlook it because he's more quarterbacky and he's more white, Right. But like people, he literally looks like a dude you'd see at a bar in Cincinnati. That's yeah. Why. Right. And like, but he's even a really good athlete himself. And like, we just don't have that dude as, as we've said countless amounts of times. Look, here's the deal. I'm going to harp on this. And if we do a, we're going to do a draft podcast. I'm sure we'll probably do a free aging podcast. I'm sure breaking down the positions. I don't give a shit. In the 1980s, when we won three Super Bowls, you won by building teams the right way. You had an offensive line. You had a dominant defensive line. You had linebackers who were big and mean. Uh, and you had a running back who, who would get the ball 25 to 30 times. That's how we won, right? And because of it, Gibbs won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. A feat that will, by the way, never, ever be touched. I don't, at least I don't think. Deserves uh, to be on the Mount Rushmore just for that. Yeah, it's It's nuts. But, but in that era of football, especially with no free agency, you were able to, like, build your team, and then that's what you did. Because the rules were, were constructed in a way that, like, it was a running league. And, you know, the 91 scans obviously broke that mold a little bit, I think, when you had Rippin just slinging it all around. Uh, but fast forward into today's NFL. Just look at the teams in the playoffs right now. Uh, I'll just do the NFC because it's it's so clear as day. One seed's the Packers, right? I just – I just said Rogers maybe the greatest single quarterback ever to throw a football. Not, I mean, Brady's the go by mile, but find me a quarterback and throw the football like Aaron Rodgers. Rams are the two seed. They, they went out, they attacked it and got Stafford who hasn't been that good granted, but like still got a cannon of an arm to make every throw. And by the way, is also very athletic to your point. Uh, three, you have the Bucks, the Finnish football champions. They have Brady enough said uh, Four, Cowboys. Dak is a franchise guy. Their team is <clears throat> was built to the trenches last year. As soon as Dak went down, they sucked. This year, they have him back, and all of a sudden, the whole team is better, right? Like, granted, their defense is way better this year, night and day compared to last year. Uh, but we're not starting John Kitna and 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 you know and Gary yeah. Gilbert at quarterback. Exactly. You have the fifth seed, which is Arizona. the uh, Cardinals, with they have little freaking. Car- 
five foot two Kyler Murray running around. Don't ever want to play him in Texas because he never loses. Yeah. Eagles have hurts, uh, and you know, seem to have done pretty well. And then even the Niners, <clears throat> the Niners have Garoppolo, who I don't think is particularly all that great, but he knows that system really well, and they're sitting and just waiting for Lance to become the heir apparent. Every one of those teams has a guy they can believe in. We don't have fucking anything. No. And until we have quarterback, it doesn't matter. You can tell me, oh, I want to invest in the offensive line. I want to, you know, build up the beef. Give me an offensive line. Give me linebackers. Give me more safeties. I don't, I don't want any of those positions because unless you have a quarterback, none of it matters. Teams that are built the right way, the best example I can think of right now is the Broncos. The Broncos are a very well-built team. They have talent on offense. They have a very good defense, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're going to be a 500 team because they're starting Teddy Bridgewater. It's a great case study. It doesn't matter. If your team is built without a quarterback that way, you're basically subject to like, where does the ball bounce? You want an even better case study? You're either nine, seven, you're seven and nine, six and 10, somewhere in there. Especially given current circumstances, like literally current circumstances, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Baker. I mean, I just watched that Monday Night Football game. Yep. Baker sucks. Now, Baker's injured to high hell. Baker's probably operating at 30% physical capacity. He was one for 11 at one <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with any of that right now. Even with that being said, Baker is hurt beyond all measure. Right now, he's not anywhere near himself. But even then, they they he he's kind of getting into my going back to the archetype of conversation he's a feisty quarterback he's an instinctual quarterback he's not big enough he's just not yeah. he's, the same size as he's the same size as heineke he's like he's a 25 50 percent better version of taylor heineke i think it's a great comp for him and by the way i think sam howell is the same guy as them i'm just gonna put that out there in terms of your draft comp draft comparison I, I like how i know that's why i'm saying that because i don't yeah, how uh, like six two I don't care. No, he's they're the same. Don't, don't make that comparison because they look alike. He's a Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky hybrid. And I know they went to UNC. Oh, you're a... just using Mitch because of UNC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no. Anyway, point being, even guys like Baker Mayfield, right? Like he's he's that. And like I, I banged the table for as much as anyone you'll find for Tua Tagovailoa when he was coming out of school. And even I'm having second thoughts, not because <laughs> of the way he's playing, but because – you, he's just not physically a dude. He's like, that's just not, he doesn't fit the archetype anymore, right? Also, like, that's a great example of just like what a crapshoot this whole thing is. Everyone said tank for Tua. Yeah. Everyone. Next thing you know, he's the third quarterback drafted and not even one of the better ones because Burrow comes out of nowhere. And then everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't know about. Um, uh, Revisionist Herbert. history on Justin Herbert is absolutely ridiculous. It is that ridiculous. Dude. It, it, it can absolutely sling a football. If that guy, if you rewound back to 2020 or 2019, whatever year he came out of school, 2019, 2020, right? In the 2020 draft, there were plenty of people who felt like he could have slid into the late first round, rightfully so. Oregon grossly yeah, misused, misused him. Yeah, misused he had Oregon. plenty of questions about his accuracy and stuff like that. And everyone's like, oh, we should have taken him at this pick. It's, it is ridiculous hindsight being 50-50. Had tip to Steve Sperger. So... Well, that's is, my point, though, is like the whole thing's a crapshoot. And we're not going to – and also, so the other big pontification point I've always said is that even if you draft a quarterback, like let's say there's a four-quarterback draft and you're picking number three or number two, like, you know, you're the Jets and you get the good dude after Trevor Wilson or uh, Trevor Lawrence, excuse me. Um, 
you have to have the right circumstances. It's it's such a confluence of events that it takes to get a quarterback in place. So there's a couple of great videos on YouTube that are talking about Wilson. They're like, look, Wilson has problems, but there's a lot of problems around Wilson. It's not just on him, right? And we don't. We know this is one of the most inept and poorly run organizations in the entire NFL. This is not an era, a place where you can cultivate the development of a quarterback. And that's the thing that frustrates me right now. Like you need this massive confluence. That's why, confl- that's why con- I draft seven of them. Yeah. But you need this perfect confluence of events for a quarterback to really grow up in your system. You need a Brian Dable to take Josh Allen to where he where he got to. You need you know, Joe Burrow to have three stud receivers to help his development and a stud running back like Joe Mixon. I'm not saying that's why he's doing that, but it's certainly sure as shit helps, right? You need Pep Hamilton to be the quarterback coach for Justin Herbert, right? You need those types of things. It's not just draft a dude and hope for, and, and, and let everything run after that. The, uh, I'm like, obviously joking when I say draft seven quarterbacks, but like, I'm it's also not a terrible theory. I do think we should draft two because we've done it twice before and both times the guy we drafted second ended up being way better. <laughs> Didn't the Jets do it with Zach Wilson and, and Mike White this year, right? Is White a rookie? I thought he was, or maybe he's a second year guy. Uh, well, regardless, he came in slinging the rock until he, he got hurt right away. But uh, he's Schiller. We drafted uh, Farrat in the seventh round. Farrat turns into our quarterback for the next like five years over Heath. And then, obviously, we took Kurt in the fourth round, and he basically helped us get into the playoffs RG3's rookie year. Because if you remember, he went into Cleveland and got the win. Yep. And then he was just – he just better. He cleaned up the Baltimore game too, didn't he? Yeah. He got us – he led the game-winning – game-tying drive, got us to overtime, and then we had that punt return. Wow, how the fuck can I remember this? I can't remember, like, what I got for Christmas. Yep. Uh uh, and then we had that. I think it was Crawford had the punt return, and then we kicked the game when he field goal. I forgot about the punt return, but I do remember Kirk came off the bench to help us. Uh, Haloti Nada hit Griffin, whose knee yeah, whipped in the Griffin's wrong direction. First injury. It was his first injury. That's when he yep. messed up his MCL. And then I do remember the Cleveland game, and then I do remember Griffin running back, and I distinctly remember him looking like he had a piano attached to his back when he's trying to run against the Cowboys on that Sunday night game. Yeah, he still he still got the dub though. Uh, that's because Alfred Morris went off for 200 that game. I wonder, I wonder if that's his last win at FedEx. I think he might have gotten one in that three and 13 season the year after. Maybe he got one. Maybe, Maybe. we beat the Jags. Maybe something along those lines. I have to look, I kind of have to look that up. That's interesting to me. Uh, but that's that's more reason, I think, to, to draft at least two of them. Like if Carson Strong's there, I think that's a guy's name from Nevada. And yeah. like the third round or something, just take him. Like, Sure, it creates competition, whatever. Like, who cares? If you're going to be in the NFL, you have to deal with competition. And we just need to reset that entire position. Plus, then you have three quarterbacks in your roster, all cheap as hell. That's what I would do. See, Nothing there's, matters. There's even, can, the, can, there's even the prevailing theory of like, oh, well, you keep Heineke and make him a bridge starter and stuff like that. But like, then you're just delaying the inevitable, right? Yeah, like you, just, it's, another, it's another year wasted. Yeah, I, I just... If Ron doesn't find a quarterback going into year three, like that seat's hot. I strongly believe, no pun intended with the guy you mentioned earlier, but I strongly believe that they're going to go with the, um, well, so I personally believe with no inside information that they're going to try to look in the veteran market, not saying there's a bunch of stuff there, but I, 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 from all the teams. Cars going to be the one 
probably they're going to kick the tires very hard on Derek Carr. Um, but John Kime has said repeatedly that Washington's going to be big on the draft in the quarterback position this year. Like he's drafting said, or tra- drafting. Like he said so repeatedly. J- JP. Uh, Fuck JP Finley. Fuck JP <laughs> Finley. God, yeah, that no, guy. I, I agree. I, I don't like him either. But according to my buddy Smalley, he was on his podcast. He thinks the skins are going to go all in and trying to get Russ here. Because JP Finley doesn't know anything. That guy. Oh boy. If you want to, if you want to learn less about the Washington football team or whatever, we choose to call ourselves in the coming months. Listen to that guy's podcast. That is the the commanders, hogs, red wolves, whatever we are. Whatever oh, I hope are. it's the football. I hope it's the football team. I actually really like it. It's funny. My buddy John was like, "Why? What's wrong with the football team?" And I'm like, "I am just. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm just tired of the jokes or whatever." But I'm like, you know, it's it's better than Red the Wolves. jokes will go away if, if it was like, "Hey, this is our name." It's true, but people just make fun of it because it's just a placeholder. I wholeheartedly and totally oh. disagree, disagree that it's going to be Russell Wilson. Like, I I would bet it would be a very similar situation. Well, it makes it makes sense. Because he's from low, he's from the local. He's area, from right? Richmond. It would like, it would be a Dan move. Dan would greenlight some ridiculous trade because it would get Russell here. He's from Richmond, which is where we hold half our training camp, and then you also have the hometown guy coming home for the rebrand. Uh, it would sell massive tickets. It, well, instead of thirty thousand, maybe fifty thousand show up. <laughs> uh, I. I I think we'll draft a quarterback. Uh, I, I like Howell. I like Pickett. Uh, I like Coral uh, or Corral, however you say his name. I kind of like Corral. I can't. I I, I know. He's got an attitude a, that I there's like. There's a lot of problems with him, but I, I, for some reason I can't. I, I, I can't. He's got talk. kind of a fuck you attitude I like. Yeah, I, I, I keep talking myself into him and I'm like, I just don't know why. I've watched so much of him and I'm like, I want to love him and like nothing I think he's done in college is like overly impressed me, but I keep getting drawing back to him probably because I'm talking myself into a quarterback in this draft. And um, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't talked to myself in anybody the only else. Worry, the only worry with him is his ankles are beat up and like, yeah. you, know, you know, FedEx is taking those ankles in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the worst stadium bar none in the NFL, right? I mean, from turf to, to infrastructure. So this year alone, this year alone, they've had sewage. They had a sprinkler go off in a uh, suite. They had a sign fall on fans. And, and then, then they had another week, sewage leak. No, no, no. It was a sprinkler. Oh, uh, sprinkler. Whatever. Same thing. Uh, oh, <laughs> not quite. Uh, and then this week, the railing collapsed and almost took out Hertz. Uh <laughs> If that isn't indicative of Dan Snyder's ownership. Point, at some point, does the NFL just come in and be like, look, you need to go play at the University of Maryland because like you can't continue to play this field? No, because I think he's such a Jerry Jones ball licker that like Dan Snyder, that like I think he could just get away with whatever. Even I mean, though uh, I think they're still generating a significant amount of profit. So Roger Goodell, that you know, ignorant malicious bastard doesn't give a shit like he doesn't care that the product is significantly diluted because i think it's still making money granted even if it is all the other teams fans it's only making it's it's only making money then because of merchandise is way down no i mean ticket sales actually don't matter a ton in the nfl probably Uh, it's the revenue is basically split between the teams uh so like probably tv views it's all TV money. It's all TV contract and uh, sponsors. That's where all the money is. 
uh, and we're a big and the skins continue to be a big draw. Uh, I mean, like the local ratings are down, but like if skins Cowboys are on TV, you're going to get 30 million people watching. And they still crush anything, any other sporting event in the city, including yeah, the Cavs, exactly. which is a shame because the Cavs are. Yeah, all three. I mean, years I, in, I can't fifteen years the in, they're 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 still great. They've been good literally since Ovi was drafted. Yeah. Also, the Nats are going to suck. Uh, jumping back, well, there's not much to jump back to with Washington, but jumping back to the WFT, um, you know, look, it is what it is. Sealed another double-digit loss season. I think this is what I, what did I write down? Something like this is their X number of seasons with nine with at least nine wins. You know, the Ron Rivera has already come out and said they're playing for pride in the Giants game when really everyone knows that this is really about draft position and just wrapping up the season. We haven't won ten games. We haven't won ten games in a year since 2012. Yeah, I was gonna say since RG 3s rookie season. Um, you know, he's already come out and he being Rivera already come out and said that like this offseason, they need to start really, you know, it's he knows it's year three. He knows he is going to enter in on the hot seat, uh, regardless of whether that's fair or not. He is um, and that he needs to get a lot of people in here who are going to buy buy into the program. But as one of the things I wrote down and we've mentioned repeatedly, it's a little frustrating to watch the fact that the positions of need continue to be the same no matter how much time and effort we've devoted toward it like you mentioned middle linebacker which i wholeheartedly agree you mentioned quarterback which is fairly obvious we have harped on the fact that we have no wide receivers of consequence again now granted i hope curtis curtis samuel's mystery groin injury will finally heal itself who knows um i'm I still quarterback round one wide receiver round two i still don't yeah I, I still don't think curtis samuel along with McLaurin and anybody else or the rest of the guys we have is enough. Um, and, uh, and I'll throw in free safety for good measure because one, my pension for free safety and two, I hope we punt Bobby McCain into the sun um, as hard and as fast as possible. Cause that guy fucking sucks. And uh, we need somebody, a cam curl like player to be next to cam curl. But point being, it's the same usual suspects and, that's dis that's disillusioning. We actually have a little bit of a problem with our offensive line. We do, especially like, when Sheriff Ruye is locked up. Cosme's gonna be in his second year. But we have to re-sign Leno. Uh Flowers is a free agent. Uh Sherp is point. gone. Uh I don't think I mean maybe we do because the st- the stats with Sheriff versus without her are nuts. Uh, it's one of the most mind-boggling stats in football. To but the, the uh, thing that's frustrating, look, I love Brandon. Schiff. But we're not gonna, we're not paying twenty-two million for a guard, and we're not paying twenty-two million for a guard who, like clockwork, misses five games a year. Yeah, one reason or another, right? Like clockwork. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and, and, I hope I would love for us to resign him. I would give him twenty million dollars personally. To point to take that one step so, further, there is going to be a team in free agency who's going to give him twenty-five million dollars a year. There will be. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I but like that's three starters right there that are that's a problem. Like although Sadiq's played pretty well left guard the last two games. I think Leno uh, stays. Well, they better resign Leno. He's been like low key kind of good. Yeah, and if you're drafting a rookie quarterback, sign me up for a good left tackle with experience. Uh, I don't know what Schweitzer's deal is, but he's probably coming up on a contract as well. I think he should be up uh, soon. Yep. So, like, our offensive line this year was pretty good, 
And they even held up despite the fact that we played a four string center. Um, Props to Keith, Keith Ishmael. Yeah. But like, we're now at that point where people are like, people don't see that as, as a need. And I'm kind of like, well, three fifths of our starting lineup in theory could be in a different uniform next year. Yeah. So there is That's a problem position of need entering last off season. That will probably be the same this off season, starting with the left tackle position. Although there's at least a candidate to stay there to, um, for that spot. I do like, uh, I do like Ishmael. I think he solidified himself being on the roster for two more years. Uh, uh Mark Bullock was bullish, no pun intended, on the way Sadiq Charles was playing. Also, he had a good few reps. Sadiq played, I think Sadiq's played pretty well at left guard. Um, so that's that. Also, okay. low key running back is also kind of a problem. Like Second running Gibson, back. Gibson is good, and I love him because we've talked about it at length. He always churns for extra yards, but like he's averaging like two and a half, three yards a carry. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have the running back vision. Patterson came in, he averaged five yards a pop. I still say Gibson needed, needs another offseason to get healthy. I will say this this was the perfect storm season from hell for Washington in many, many, many oh. cases, right? Starting from the that schedule, the quarterback that going down in the second quarter, maybe the first quarter of the season, the, the guy they put all their eggs in that basket. The season, the schedule was brutal from the get go. We knew that all the shit related to COVID, all this stuff. Like you, if you want to make excuses for why Washington is in the situation that they are right now, you can make them. They are available to you. I'm not, we don't necessarily need to harp on that, but we know they are. And I think an off season, hopefully in which they're able to get healthy. That's a big hopeful. Just get a quarterback. And, you know, just pick a quarterback off the tree since they're so available. I'm not, I'm not poking fun at you. I'm poking at people, other fans who make it sound like that. Um, you know, that's that, but we'll save that conversation for another day since it's past midnight Eastern time over here. Um, thank you so much yeah, for those listening, uh, for our catharsis conversation that really had nothing to do with the Eagles, but at this point it's all the same anyway. Um, and, uh, maybe we'll have one of these after the Giants game, who knows? Cause it's pretty much meaningless anyways, but we'll definitely, as Pat alluded Jake to from versus Taylor Heineke be talking much, 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 much more about the off season, all the storylines to come including the stupid team name that's going to be stupid that they're going to reveal soon and everyone's going to hate it including me so super super bowl week it's going to happen yeah i could see them trying to hijack super bowl week and do something like that oh all the media attention there guarantee it yeah we don't it's now we're officially in redskins season it's the off season yeah it's our time to shine gas up redskins one baby yeah here we go Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast.